At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Man, we're really excited to be here. It's awesome to get started. And so now we take off. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Mother Nature has become a bit of a feature player so far in Steelers 2022 training camp. And Labs, last night she might have struck her most devastating blow yet, canceling Friday night lights practice as the skies opened up and the Latrobe area started to flood a bit. Uh, and unfortunately, the fans, it was close to, I think I heard about 15,000 strong if they had all gotten there at that point, had to get back to their cars and head home because there was no practice. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's a first. You know, really? You never, oh, yeah, I, I, um, I've never had that happen. I mean, there's been some times, you know, there's been a little rain. There's been uh, Friday Night Lights I'm talking about. Yeah, right. Uh, there's been some rain. There's been even a couple of times I remember where the the um, the team stayed uh, in the locker room or you know down underneath the, the stands there in Latrobe Stadium, waiting for uh, you know a, a brief thunderstorm to pass or lightning in the area or whatever, and then would come out and either finish or start. You know, either one of those things have happened. But I mean, I we got on the bus. The buses were supposed to leave at six thirty from campus. You know, yeah. Um, because you get over there in a in a fairly direct fashion, then there's the autograph session, and then usually practice starts right around seven o'clock or you know fifteen minutes after the autograph session starts. So we get on the buses and we sat on the buses for forty minutes. It was raining so hard mm. and it was so much lightning and thunder, and um, yeah, just the walk back. <laughs> From the buses, the school buses to the dorm, um, you know, my shoes might never be dry again. <laughs> I, I don't know. I might have to, you know, uh, I don't know, put them in the oven or something. Uh, you know, who knows? But uh, so, yeah, it was rain. Uh, you know, Noah, build the ark. Uh, if Noah was here, I would have told him, you know, get out your, get out the hammer and nails and start building. Um, so, yeah, there's. That that yes, yeah, really unfortunate. And you know, I was I'm sitting in the bus thinking about what you just said. You know, all those poor people who right. you know, some of them travel. You know, I mean, um, 
states away for this. They plan uh, this months in advance. You know, the hotels around campus where um, they're packed. Yeah, right. You, know, you can't I find mean, a room. Right. So, um, but then I'm thinking, if you're, you can't autograph anything. Yeah, the Sharpies <laughs> wouldn't work. <laughs> right. Everything, you know, would be wet. <laughs> um, so even if it wasn't lightning, you know, that was kind of ruined. And then, you know, we have, uh, I won't say an advanced team, but there are certain, you know, members of the football staff who have to be there uh, and getting ready, you know, the equipment guys and, you know, the groundskeepers and all that stuff. And, um, you know, they were commu- there was a lot of communication back and forth. And by, it was probably about right around 10 to 7 or something, we started getting word back that people were leaving. Naturally, I mean, well, me, it, even before just, that, they it was, decided to blow the blow the horn on practice. Right. People were like, "I'm out of yeah. here!" Wow. Right. I mean, you know, because there's really no sh- shelter there. It's yeah. it's a high school stadium. It's a high school field. So, um, yeah, it was pretty much a disaster. All 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 ways around. All things considered. Well, one note of importance before we move through the training camp report today. Practice will not be at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Instead, the Steelers will be conducting their practice at the UPMC Sports Complex on the south side. So if you're planning on heading up to Latrobe today, I am sorry to give you the bad news that they will be on the south side and it will not be open to the public. Media will still be attending and Tomlin will still speak to the media following practice today uh we were talking about that a little bit he's in a good mood (laughs) well that's what i was just gonna say here we were talking a little bit before we went on the air and you were saying you know there's probably just no way they could have practiced up at latrobe even though they cover the field and the grounds crew up there is phenomenal at their job it was just impossible it rained too hard the fields have to be a mess everything has to be a mess uh that has to play into it but i guarantee you a big factor is coach t does not want to even risk missing a practice again today I'm sure it really ate at him yesterday that he waited all day when the weather was decent and then they practice at night and boom, the skies open up and I can't practice today. So I know that the fields might not be in great condition to do it anyway, but I guarantee you he just wanted to have a roof over his head because there was no chance he was going to get through two days in a row without a practice. Yeah. And the, you know, the other factor is, um, you know, in all due respect to St. Vincent and the high schools around here that have turf fields, um, you know, those turf fields aren't, what the indoor facility at the UPMC Rooney Sports no Complex question. is. And, you know, after two weeks of practice every day up here, um, you don't want to put those bodies on a turf, high school turf field. Remember what happened that one year the Steelers played in the Hall of Fame game and lost a couple, three guys in knee injuries, including Sean Sweezum, the kicker. Um, I want to say so Marquise Pouncey do... got hurt during a Hall of Fame game as well once upon a time because of that turf field. So it's, it's no, it was a, I think it was a it was a preseason game, but I, I thought that was in Pittsburgh. Okay, um, well, but you may be right. Either way, I digress. Um, the turf monster yeah. is nothing you want to deal with, right? And, and you know, and then you also want to you know come back in somewhat decent physical because then you got a game at the end of next week, right? So yeah, this is not uh, this is not good timing. Mother Nature, um, you know, usually the misery up here weather-wise is heat and humidity. Uh, the last few days, the misery has been wet, 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 wet. 
Well, we usually like to give you Coach Tomlin's thoughts following practice at this point in our training camp report. Unfortunately, we didn't have a training camp report yesterday, as you all know, so I thought, oh, man, we're not going to get to let the people know what he had to say after practice on Thursday. But as fate had it, no practice yesterday, so pretty much everything he said uh, following practice Thursday is still relevant. So we are going to play some of Coach Tomlin's thoughts here and a lot of Deontay Johnson talk, so we'll definitely get into that on the other side of that, uh, on the other side of this. But here's Coach Tomlin speaking to the media following day eight practice uh, last th- or this Thursday. Another good day's work today. Um, had to cut it short there for potential lightning, and, and that's the one weather condition that we don't play in. We have respect for that, and so uh, we missed about 11 plays or so. But in the big picture, um, very good day. Um, just continuing with the competition component and really giving guys an opportunity to highlight individual skill sets in some of our competition periods, uh, one-on-one like football, to see who can win one-on-one matchups. Um, really kind of was a big theme of the day, whether it's the, the bigs and O-line, D-line pass rush or, or one-on-one routes. Um, I, I like the energy and the competitive spirit I saw in some of those instances. Started to get some guys back to us. Uh, Minka was a partial participant. Uh, today. Um, Cam uh, Sutton uh, is being evaluated. Um, we'll see what, what's up with him. I think he had a lower body injury of some description. Don't know, know the level of severity there. Um, had some heat-related uh, illnesses, and, and it was a good day uh, from that perspective. I, I always appreciate heat and, and, and muggy conditions. I think just think that aids the team developmental process and and so we'll take care of those guys, and we'll continue to go on with this process. We've got a big day tomorrow um, with the Friday night lights and, and changing venue and doing some competitive things over there. We always appreciate that, that relationship. And, and, and the officials are here. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. It is important to, to, to get comfortable with the rules of the game, the points of emphasis, particularly in 2022. And we appreciate their presence and, and what they're, the value that they're adding to this process. I'll pause for questions. What does it mean to, to get Deontay back as a full participant and just for the offense? You know, he's a significant piece. Um, he's done a good job of staying connected throughout the process. And so um, his train left the station today. I'd imagine it's not going to be much of a transition in terms of him getting up to speed. I know he was excited about work today, and I'm sure he'll have an opportunity to tell you guys and expand upon that. My covers play, he comes out and he does one v one just a deep ball from Mitch over at Kello. What does that say about his work ethic just to not missing a beat coming back and doing that? Uh, he's been working. You guys have seen him work. Um, and, and so um, we're not surprised by that. Coach, there was a lot of talk about the limitations of the offense last year, Ben, et cetera, et cetera. What have you seen in the offense that you'd like so far this yeah. preseason? I don't know what limits you're referring to, but um, you know, we're just in the process of building what we do schematically and leaning on the talents that the people that we have um, have and, and, and working to minimize our weaknesses and you know, changing launch points and getting on the perimeter and things of that nature are just going to be a component of what we do. Mike, you've had three of these hold-in things in about a year, and they all seemingly have had happy endings. Is this kind of a meet-in-the-middle way to navigate these situations? You know, I don't talk a lot about negotiations and things of that nature. I leave that to O. I know he addressed you guys regarding it. Uh, just know from a coach's perspective, I'm glad it's behind us, and we can get focused on on collective and individual development. Deontay's not, he's not a big guy. He's not a 4-3 sprinter. What makes him such a good player? He's got game. Um, you know, skill relative to the position uh, he has at a high level. 
He's got ridiculous body control. Um, and I just think that those are, are significant components of determining dominance at that position, probably more so than the things, the measurables that you mentioned. Mike, in terms of Benny Snell, where have you seen him grow the most? And what more can you continue to do to carve out his niche in the backfield? You know, he, he's done a really good job of understanding NFL conditioning, and, and that's gradually improved over the course of his time here. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. Um, he works hard in offensive periods, and, and particularly when a guy like Naj is down, he gets an opportunity to really show his capabilities. But at the same time, um, he doesn't wane in regards to a special team's responsibility. And that's why I mentioned his conditioning, because, you know, you think about his expanded opportunities as an offensive player, but as a coach, I look at a guy taking expanded offensive reps while at the same time maintaining his special team's responsibility, and that is impressive. On the same line of special teams, what do you think of uh, Steven Sims and, and some of those other wide receivers from Vons and, and Snead? They've had their moments. I, I really think that story gets told once we start getting into stadiums. Throughout your time here, I mean, it's been a few years, but you've always had that Friday Night Lights experience at Memorial Stadium. What's that mean to you and what's that mean to these guys here? I love it because uh, it's a yellow bus ride, you know. Um, it's nostalgic for the players. Um, it's, it's a cool way to stay connected to the local fans and the proximity of the fans makes it a cool and unique experience. And um, it's just awesome. If you're a football lover, you, you love Friday Night Lights. Mike, can you determine how the offensive line has, has played or do you need to see preseason games to make that determination? You know, I could make judgments, but you know, we, we, we'll be in a stadium in a week or so and, and, and more information will be available to us in terms of evaluating and and I'm one that to, to always display patience in that regard. Do you see the Friday Night Lights practice also as a good way to break up camp and give these guys a little bit of a break, you know? Uh, with I don't. <laughs> and I'm not looking for it to be. I'm looking for it really to do the quite opposite. I'm looking for it to, to turn up the volume. I'm looking for them to, to get caught up in the emotions of the atmosphere and, and hopefully it brings the best out of them. Is there a physical element to Levi Wallace? Is he still just ill? Is that He's just ill, yes. That was Coach Tomlin speaking to the media following Thursday's practice. And Labs, obviously a lot of Deontay Johnson talk there because before practice on Thursday, the news moved that he had signed a two-year extension. So essentially a three-year deal now for Deontay Johnson that will make him $18.3 million per year. So obviously that's the big news that came out from uh, Thursday's session at training camp and Personally, I think it's a great deal for both sides, and I think it's massively important that you get Deontay Johnson back on the field, which he was as a full participant on Thursday's practice. So I couldn't be more happier, and I'm sure Steelers Nation can't be uh, happier as far as that deal finally getting done. Well, yeah, and you know the thing about it is, I, um, and I don't think either side got everything they wanted, though. I mean, I'm sure that the Fair, Steelers yeah. would have preferred a longer term. I'm sure uh, Deontay Johnson would have liked a little more money, um, but what both sides got was, you know, as Mike Tomlin uh, alluded to there, you know, uh, he's a pretty important piece of what, um, you know, they're trying to do on offense this year. And, you know, you get him back still with the, when he, when he did come back, it was a, a, over a full week before the first preseason game. And, you know, you have three preseason games. So that gives him time and gives the quarterbacks time to kind of develop a relationship with each other because, um, you know, he took part in some individual stuff, of course, but right. uh, you, you would like to have him, 
you know, in the team drills and, you know, those kinds of things. So, you know, nobody got everything they wanted. I think both sides, though, got some of the things they wanted. And I think those, some of those, the, the some of the things that they uh, got that they wanted are, you know, going to end up maybe helping the team. So, uh, and just so we're um, on the, you know, talking about uh, the good things <laughs> since I, <laughs> With the sang the blue, the weather blues here earlier. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was brought off the NFI list too on Thursday, right. and he practiced. So you know that's another uh, step in that direction for him. Um, you know he has he of course uh, has already signed a big contract, and uh, so you know the pieces are starting to fall into place. Yeah, and I think the offense just desperately needed Deontay Johnson to come back. Uh, you mentioned Minka returned from injury, but there's a lot of guys that have been on that injury report on the offensive side, uh, on the first team offense, that just haven't been able to get out there and help the quarterbacks, help that young offense against the stellar defense so far through camp. And getting that number one receiver back is just massive. And it really looked, and from what everything I read and heard and, and saw clips of on, on the internet, that Deontay didn't really miss a beat at all out there. He he clearly looked like a cut above the rest when it came to that position, despite missing a few days of practice with the hold-in. Yeah, um, you know, but um, the, the the thing to me about it is um, the the – the coordination with the quarterbacks, mm. you know, I, I think that it's, it's really not even worth much discussion if it's Ben, you know, because right. uh, that that's who Deontay Johnson had played with since he came into the league. And that's who, you know, the offense was built around since Deontay Johnson came into the league. But uh, now it's going to be someone new who it is, you know, we'll find out uh, based on practice though. It certainly looks like uh, Mitch Trubisky is in the driver's seat. Um, but, you know, again, I think that a lot of that is going to have to do with how the preseason games um, shake out. And, you know, I even hate to say it because, you know, sometimes uh, you talk it into reality, but, you know, injuries are going to play a part too. Absolutely. And um, we're going to start seeing the quarterbacks have to deal with, you know, the threats of physical harm in these preseason games and you know you just never know how that stuff's going to turn out i'm glad you mentioned the preseason games you, you heard tomlin at the end of his presser there say you know someone asked him about his evaluation of the offensive line if it's even possible to have an evaluation so far and he said you know he has some thoughts but we'll be in a stadium in a week and then we'll really be able to you know start getting some information and gathering some information do you do you think that at this point you know you've seen everything you can pretty much see for the most part through you know a handful of padded practices a little over a week and a half of practices total with the team it's it's now down to we need to get into this preseason game in order to really advance our evaluations yeah because you know it's and I'm not trying to um you know paint the wrong picture here but uh, they're teammates and yep. you know there are ways to practice without making the other guy look bad and so i'm not saying that there's a lot of that that goes on but I'm, what i'm saying is that they're professionals and <laughs> they know how to do that if they want to and so you know there's just a little bit more of an edge to it when the person on the other side of the line of scrimmage from you is competing for a job um as as hard as you are now i understand that you know there are instances in a practice where you know the guard blocking the 
uh, defensive tackle are both on the bubble in terms of making the 53-man roster. Right. Uh, but I think that it's a little bit different, you know, when um, the the two guys are wearing different helmets. So, uh, again, there's just a little bit more of an edge, maybe a little bit more urgency, um, you know, those kinds of things. And it is still, though, preseason. And, you know, we'll, we're going to have to see how, how and whom uh, the other team is playing. Because, you know, for example, last year, um, in the game that Dwayne Haskins started, Carolina. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, right. Um, pretty much had the whole game. Right. And Carolina played a lot of their frontline people because last year was the first year of, uh, I won't call it a bye, but it's an extended break between the last preseason game and the regular season opener because the league still wanted the uh, Hall of Fame game you know, at its traditional time early in August. And then, you know, you only have three preseason games instead of four. And so you do the arithmetic and there's probably about an eight to 10 day break now between um, the last preseason game and the preseason or the regular season opener. And if you look at the Steelers schedule, you'll see that um, traditionally before the the preseason was shortened, the Steelers – preseason finale always would be on a Thursday because then, you know, you get a little bit of a, yes. like a Thursday game to a, a regular, a next Sunday game in the regular season. But this year, you know, the preseason finale is on a Sunday. Um, but still that's August 28th. The season opens September 11th. So it's pretty much close to two full weeks that uh, 14 days that they're going to be off. So, um, so the, some of the team's philosophies in terms of how they approach this part of the the, the NFL calendar, they're kind of evolving still. Um, so, I mean, again, we'll, we're going to have to see how it works out. Last year, the Steelers were the team that had the extra preseason game because of the Hall of Fame game. Uh, this year, they don't. I don't know how Mike Tolman's going to handle the distribution of playing time. Um, you know, when we get to that point, uh, if, if on August 28th, who knows, maybe there are still jobs hanging in the balance, so to speak. And so maybe there's going to be more of a sense of urgency in terms of, you know, frontline people playing. Uh, if not, you know, it's, he's going to have to figure it out. Some happy medium of playing people and resting people, um, depending on maybe on how the earlier preseason games have gone. I mean, it's really kind of impossible for me to predict, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, how he might go right? because he doesn't have a track record, you know, not really. So, you know, we're going to have to see how it unfolds. Well, a week from today, the Steelers kick off their preseason schedule as the Seattle Seahawks pay a visit to Akershore Stadium and take on the Steelers. Kickoff for that game is at 7 p.m. And I guess I should say weather permitting kickoffs at 7 p.m. because <laughs> weather permitting has oh. been an important caveat oh. so far through camp. So. See, there you go. <laughs> Jeez, there, there you go, go again. <laughs> oh, man. I'm coming over to your house and spank you if that happens. Well, the Steelers released because their depth preseason. Tr- Preseason football is one thing, but delayed preseason football is a whole (laughs) other other kind of, yeah. Well, the Steelers released their depth chart yesterday, their first official one, so we'll kick that around a bit, and I guess we have to talk about some quarterback. We haven't talked about it yet, and I feel like we're obligated to, so we'll probably get... We forgot to start the show with that. I know. I'm an idiot. I'm I'm off today. It's a Saturday. I'm off today. What do you want? (laughs) 
We'll be right back after this here on the Training Camp Report on SNR. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. The Steelers released their initial depth chart for the 2022 season yesterday. And, Labs, it's important that everybody out there knows just how serious Mike Tomlin takes this first iteration of the depth chart. He spends hours upon hours uh, under candlelight in a room writing this down, crinkling it up, throwing it into a trash can, writing it down again. It's a huge process for him that he really cares about a lot. Yeah, I know. It probably took him, I don't know, 90 seconds. Um, If he even did it. But... uh, yeah, well, you know, all kidding aside, I was talking uh, to uh, some people in PR while we were sitting on the bus listening to it rain um, last yesterday evening. And, you know, having been uh, a part of, I think this is now 16 camp opening Mike Tomlin depth charts, uh, I think I could do this. I mean, there are a couple of things areas i mean we could get into them a little bit but a couple of areas where he might have you know tweaked some things mm-hmm. uh, on my version based on you know my recollection and experience with how he does it but i could have got 95 percent of it i'll bet because it's you know really kind of straightforward um uh when even when even to the backups you know the backups at which position um, you know, it, it goes like this, um, years of experience in the league or years uh, of experience with the Steelers. And then if you're dealing with rookies, um, the guy who was drafted gets listed before the guy who wasn't. And if you have two guys, you know, who are drafted, which is rare um, on the, in the same position, then the higher round guy is listed before right. the lower round guy. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, the only the the only spots truly that uh, you don't follow that um, would be okay. Here it is. Yeah, uh, free safety backup. Trey Norwood, a second year guy. Uh, third string is Miles Kilbrew, a seven year guy. Mm. Now, one of the things about that though is you know Miles Kilbrew has been injured you know, uh, nicked up. So, you know, that, again, you know, when you, when you look at it, maybe you you get it wrong initially. um, But then when you look at it, you can figure it out right away why it's that way. And it's very rarely uh, a commentary on who's doing well or who's not, because he doesn't, you know, he's not going to reveal that in a training camp uh, or camp opening uh, depth chart. It's just not, you know, as I, I wrote a little story about it and it's, you know, something <laughs> that, um, you know, happens every summer and you get the depth chart, you know, and everybody gets excited about it. And, um, but as I described it, you know, it's somewhere between meaningless and what Moses brought down from the mountaintop with etched in stone tablets. 
Uh, you know, there are some things in it that uh, me have meaning, um, but you know, his quote was, and I remember this, this was early in his career here. His quote was, um, you know, something about uh, the league wants depth charts. Uh, so be it, they change. <laughs> and that's, you know, so it's probably still pretty good. Uh, since it came out, there has only been that one practice. Th- no, no, this came out yesterday. This came out before Friday Night Lights, right? So yeah, okay. see a practice so with it's, it yet. It's, you're right. It's exactly the same because nothing has happened. So we're pretty good, you know, knowing that this is actually it for another 24 hours, maybe. Well, I think the only or or where whenever the practice at the Southside Indoor Facility ends, right? Which by the now and then. which again, just to remind people, practice today will be at the Southside uh, Facility at 155. So do not go up to Latrobe. You will see nothing but an empty field that's potentially being worked on by a grounds crew to try to drain all the rain they had yesterday. <laughs> uh, I think, or you could see you could see Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, building the ark. Yes, building the ark. <laughs> building the ark. Yeah. Uh, some things of note, though, on this depth chart is there's three position spots where uh, Tomlin listed two guys on the first team. So definitely want to get into each of those real quick. But we got to talk quarterback real quick before you know we get in a lot of trouble and get levied with a bunch of fines by the FCC. So you were speaking of predictability. It's exactly what happened with the quarterback depth chart in this first iteration. Mitch number one, Mason number two, Kenny number three. So exactly like it was at minicamp and pretty much exactly like we've seen it throughout camp so far. Yeah. And the, you know, and Chris Oladoka number four, uh, because <clears throat> that's an example that I was uh, talking about earlier, two draft picks, right. Uh, at the same position. And pick it, right. And pick it, right. Pick it's first, a uh, first round pick. Uh, Oladoka is after him because he was a seventh round pick. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been this way. The quarterback, uh, pecking order has been this way since the opening day of OTAs back in May, May, whatever that was. Uh, and it's pretty much held uh, form except for a couple of practices, maybe where <clears throat> uh, Mike Tomlin flipped, uh, pick it up to two in the rotation here at practice and uh, Mason Rudolph was three, but then I think it was two practices and then it went back you know, to the, the way that it is now and has been uh, pretty much 95% of the time. So, uh, yeah, it's um, – and the 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 practice that Trubisky had, I think now it was Wednesday. I'm trying to keep my day straight here. Wednesday when the offense kind of rebounded, um, when Trubisky um, took the uh, – on the last comp- competition period of the day – took the offense 53 yards in a minute 14 or whatever it was through a six yard touchdown pass <clears throat> to George Pickens uh, to complete the uh, two minute drill. And, um, you know, based on that and then how he did Thursday as well, it seemed to be a little bit of a continuation mm-hmm. of a, I won't say a rebound, but a rejuvenation or I don't know. It just, it, it was, it was better. He was better than he had been. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know that uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, is going to be unseated. I think it's now definitely his job to lose. He still can do that, certainly. Um, but uh, I'm feeling a little bit more certain of his status as number one than I felt before Wednesday. 
Left guard, left inside linebacker, and left cornerback all have two guys listed on the first team uh, as far as the depth chart is concerned. Left guard has Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. Inside linebacker, Devin Bush and Robert Spillane. And at that cornerback spot, Levi Wallace and Akeller Witherspoon. Uh, am I reading too much into this to just say that those are right there, one, two, and three, the most important position battles up for grab at camp right now. Him listing those guys at the first team. Is that him just, you know, kind of telling people, hey, these are the the spots that are truly up for grabs between these gentlemen? Well, and and really, I think that the only one that can is what you just described is the left guard job because <clears throat> the defensive spots, I really believe, you know, Devin Bush or Robert Spillane, that's going to be a package thing. You know, based okay. on what the other team does, um, you know, and what kind of defense you're playing at that particular time of the game. I think that, you know, Robert Spillane is um, at this point more of a run stuff, stuffing inside linebacker than Devin Bush. And so if you're playing, you know, the, a kind of team that likes to run the ball, power running, I think you'll see more of Spillane than Bush. If it's the other kind of team, you'll see more of Bush than Spillane. And then, you know, defensive backs to me, uh, if, you know, who knows if the, if the Steelers go to a nickel. Yeah. Um, are we going to assume that either Levi Wallace or Akella, <clears throat> Akella Witherspoon will be on the bench and Arthur Millette will be in the game? Or might it be Cam Sutton moves in uh, to the nickel and Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon are in the game as outside cornerbacks. I feel like the latter is probably yeah. going to be the case. Well, yeah, you know, that that's the way I would lean right now, too. I'm not going to say that that's etched in stone, but that's certainly what we saw um, last year when it was, you know, Joe Hayden and Witherspoon at the outside corners or Joe Hayden and James Pierre at the outside corners and Cam Sutton moves inside because he is so versatile. Um, so, you know, we're just going to have to see. I think Sutton has been having a pretty good camp so far as an outside corner. Uh, maybe this is the year that he just locks that down. But um, I don't, you know, if you're looking for your best five, uh, all due respect to Arthur Millette, I think your best five defensive backs would be Minka and Edmonds at the safeties, Wallace, Witherspoon, and Sutton as the three corners. And then you line, you know, you you piece them in there however you want. But I think those are your best five at this point. So you mentioned that the really uh, only uh, significant position battle to read into from this depth chart would be that left guard spot with Dotson and Kendrick Green. I know that they've only had a handful of padded practices to kind of really get a look at them, and maybe you do learn a lot more about the offensive line when the Seahawks come to town next week and you actually get to play another opponent. But in your opinion, has either one of those guys started to separate themselves yet, or have they been on pretty much even playing field so far? Uh, I don't, you know... I'm going to have to be honest here. I haven't had enough time to talk to Craig Wolfley and Max Starks to answer your question. And they're the because, ones that know, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always what I would do. Um, you know, when it used to be Tunch and Wolf, yep. I would make sure to get myself over to, you know, the individual, you know, the uh, when the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen do one-on-ones during practice. I would always watch that drill, and when one of those guys was standing over there, I'd go over too and, uh, you know, kind of have one eye uh, on the drill and both ears uh, tuned to what they were saying. 
and that's how I, w I would learn because I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about the intricacies of the position to say that's good hand usage or, you know, he needs to oh, drop yeah. his butt more or, you By know, that far kind the of hardest stuff. position to analyze. No question. Yeah. Because, you know, as we've said many times, it's not a skill position. <laughs> hey, hey, Wolf could be listening right now. It's close to him taking over. So be careful. They don't do weekends, I don't think. Oh, they're on. Do they? Oh, they're on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so be careful. Sorry, Wolf. That was Tom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I, I can't speak to that. Uh, I think that, though, even if one of them had a slight edge now, uh, it could change instantly once the game start. You know, because that's again yeah. that I think that that's a position that really is. Uh, in need of outside competition uh, to really tell. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pick one because there's only two. So I got a 50% chance of guessing, right. <laughs> but I am honest enough with you and myself to know that it would be nothing but a guess. Well, Steelers practice today. Again, reminder is at the Southside facility, uh, UPMC sports. And that's close to the public, by the way. Yep, close to the public. So do not plan on going down there and lining up and hoping to get in because you will not be let in. Uh, practice will resume again, we assume, on Monday up at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, but today over on the south side. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's training camp report. We'll talk about some camp standouts so far uh, that Labs has noticed in the uh, 10 days that they have practiced uh, up at St. Vincent for Steelers training camp 2022. So that's all on the way next right here on the training camp report on SNR. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Everybody loves to identify standouts at training camp every single year. I know Wolf always likes to do his camp darling, and everybody just is hungry to find someone that was off of everybody's radar that quickly becomes put in the center of their radars based on a couple of good practices. And, you know, the one guy I wanted to start with here, Labs, uh, that I've heard a ton of uh, the past couple of days has been the running back Jalen Warren. Uh, in fact, he found himself as the number four running back on the depth chart behind the uh, guys that were incumbent, Benny Snell, number two, and Anthony McFarland, number three. So Jalen Warren, as an undrafted uh, rookie free agent, has certainly turned a lot ahead so far at camp. And I think he is really right in the mix, not only to, you know, make this roster, but to get helmets on game days as well. Yeah, I th I think that um, you know Jalen Warren the 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 critical element for him right now is to stay healthy so he can continue to practice yeah. because that's how you get better and you keep yourself in the forefront of the coach's mind coaches I mean that plural coaches minds and uh, then you got to uh, have Danny Smith fall in love with you is pretty much uh, the the secret. To being uh, a backup yes. in, in this league because I don't think there's you know any uh, realistic scenario in which Jalen Warren beats out Najee Harris uh, <laughs> for the starting job. And again, no disrespect, but I mean this is this is just his reality uh, today. You know, in this league, uh, as his career is, he's trying to get his career off to a start. So, um, yeah, he has to he has to stay healthy, uh, keep practicing. Uh, and make himself valuable on special teams. I, I don't think what we've seen so far uh, at practice, you know, when they have the rotation through, you know, catching kickoffs or punts, 
he's not really a part of that uh. yet anyway. And so I think that, you know, Jalen Warren is going to have to find a way, uh, especially if he wants a helmet, because you mentioned that. So if, if he wants a helmet, he's going to have to find a way to be an asset on special, excuse me, special teams. Because the two guys ahead of him, you know, Benny Snell is uh, decent to good in coverage. He may, he will get down on kickoffs. He will make some tackles. Yes, absolutely. Anthony McFarland, and Anthony McFarland is a guy who is in the mix uh, in terms of uh, kickoff returners. So each of those guys has somewhat of a role on special teams. Jalen Warren has yet to establish one, and so. You know, it would behoove him to show up um, on a kickoff coverage team, make a tackle or two, or, you know, break a kickoff return, you know, something. Because I, th I think that's going to be his path. But as you mentioned, he is a guy uh, who has flashed, and he has looked good in a lot of the um, specific areas that you need to be um, productive in or reliable in uh, to be an NFL running back. He can catch the ball okay. He's a good runner, and he's a willing blocker. So check, check, check for him. Now find something that, that you can do on special teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing that's really, I don't want to say holding him back, but you know, keeping me from saying, yeah, he's a nailed-on 53-man uh, member of this roster is the fact that you, you have to be good at the special team side of things if you're going to play a skill position and be second, third, fourth on the depth chart there. So hopefully he gets more reps in special teams. Hopefully he makes those reps count moving forward and he continues his upward trajectory uh, that he started so far at camp. Uh, another group that has been standing out has been the receiving core because a lot of guys are getting a lot of opportunity due to Deontay's hold-in, which, of course, came to an end on Thursday. Chase Claypool's injury. You know, a lot of guys being thrown into the fire now. George Pickens uh, is right at the top of that list. I mean, uh, that guy seems to make uh, the media or people there, you know, awe every single practice. He, he just is that kind of guy. He's, he's a dude, you know. For lack of a better term, he's just a dude. He's going to be a really strong wide receiver in the NFL, it seems. And then, you know, guys like Steven Sims behind him have been showing a lot of uh, uh, good things. Anthony Miller has been showing good things. So the receiving core in general stepping up for some injuries slash hold-ins have been a pretty, uh, a pretty optimistic thing so far. Yeah, you mentioned um, um, Anthony Miller, too. He's a guy that, you know, he got a lot of time with the, the first group when – Deontay Johnson was not taking part in the team drills. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, we were talking about why it was good for the team and for Deontay Johnson to get his uh, contract situation, you know, straightened out and get back on the field. Uh, because, you know, again, the, the quarterbacks, whoever it is, is going to be new in, in terms of the starting, a full-time starter with the Steelers. And, you know, when the, when the games start and the threat of violence returns, quarterbacks, you know, they're, they're human beings too. And so, you know, when they're in the pocket and however many uh, people wearing the other color jerseys are intent on doing him harm, uh, he needs to process that information and decide where he's going to throw the football, you know, often in fewer than three seconds. So, you know, who does he trust? Uh, who does he have a relationship with? Who is he comfortable with in terms of where they're going to be? Those kinds of things, you know, are all part of that 
process that's going on in his head as the clock is ticking, you know, one Mississippi, right. two Mississippi. So um, not being there hurts you and being there helps you. So, uh, you know, I often said that um, people would off, always wonder why, like whenever Ben was hurt, Antonio Brown's stats dropped. Well, because, <laughs> well, because, you know, it wasn't Ben. Yeah. You know, Ben and him had a relationship. And, you know, if you're the backup, you don't get a lot of reps with the first team, you know, unless the starter is injured. And a lot of times that injury uh, doesn't occur until in game. So you don't have a long week of practice where you have an opportunity, um, you know, to work with the, those first team guys. So, you know, that was, that's, that's part of that. Um, even Terry, <clears throat> excuse me, Terry Bradshaw, um, he had a early on, uh, Lynn Swan, you know, he was slick about it too. And I give him credit for this. He buddied up to Bradshaw right away. And that's so do. that's why, right. That's why early on in that, um, triumvirate Bradshaw, Swan and stalwarts, Swan got the ball more. Uh, so, uh, these are, these are things that are real. Um, and you, you have to kind of think about them as you're processing you know, where the ball's going to and why the ball's going there and, uh, you know, the importance of practice beyond just uh, how an individual can use it to improve himself. You know, they're, they're people uh, out there doing it. So, uh, you know, and they're relationships. And that's why, you know, all that's significant. And Anthony Miller was, I thought, doing a nice job of establishing a relationship with Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph as, you know, they were you know, kind of fighting it out at the top of the depth chart um, when camp opened. So th those two, the those that guy is another one. Uh, I'll tell you who I've liked lately. Yeah, Jay Sternberger. Yeah, the tight end. Jay Sternberger. Yeah. Now it seems to me, you know, that it's going to be Fryermuth, Gentry, and I really like Connor Hayward for the uh, physical element he brings to it. Yeah, he ended up uh, actually going is... in front of Raider on the depth chart that where they released. So. A little out of the ordinary. There. Yes. Yes. Um, and he's also a special teams guy. Yeah. Uh, he was in college. Let me say that. So, uh, but Sternberger has made some plays. He's, I don't know what kind of blocker he is. Again, that's, I'll, I'll fall back on what I was saying about offensive linemen. Um, but he may, he makes some plays down the field. Uh, he has body control, pretty decent hands. Um, he's a decent route runner and there's a lot of times where something happens and I'll think it's a receiver. And then I put my binoculars on it and see him wearing number 85 and it's, Oh, that's Sternberger. Okay. So, you know, I think he's going to be someone who is going to be heard from here. Once the preseason games start, um, on defense, I think Cam Sutton's been having a very nice camp. Miles Jack, we've talked about him, especially yeah. against the run. Right. Um, you know, Trey Norwood has flashed. What about Delonte um, Scott? Has he flashed a little bit of that outside linebacker spot? Yeah, you know, he's another guy that um, you see the number, and I go, who's that? Right. You know, because he, he's not familiar enough uh, in terms of what his number is for me to immediately know. You know, he's number 50, and, you know, I, I think Ryan Shazier's number. You know, right. that's how that will – that will. Uh, be in my head for a little bit longer. And speaking of linebackers, Ulysses Gilbert is showing some, especially in the um, past kind of coverage drills, you know, backs on backers pass. 
uh, Ulysses Gilbert shows a, a nice feel uh, and a nice skill set for those things. Certainly going to want to keep our eyes on all of those players we just mentioned as we work our way through camp. But that's going to do it for us today here on the Steelers Training Camp Report. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Reminder, practice will not be at St. Vincent College in Latrobe today. Instead, they are conducting it at the UPMC Sports Complex in the south side at 1.55 p.m. And that is closed to the public. So do not try to go down to the south side and get into the facility because you will be turned away. Practice returns back to St. Vincent on Monday if all things go according to plan. Land. Uh, thanks to Bob Labriola. I'm Tom Offerman. Uh, this has been the Steelers Training Camp Report. Wolf and Starks are in the locker room up next right here on SNR. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.